Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown. And today we're going to be talking with Teresa English, who is the South Texas Chapter President of the American Society of Safety Professionals. And she's going to be talking about what her organization is. Also, she talks a lot about how someone could become a member, why it would be important for you as a safety professional to become a member, and then also gives us a little insight as to the student level of a membership, what type of benefits are available there, and then also overall just the benefits of being a member with minimal time commitment. So we're going to jump right into this interview with Teresa. So, Teresa, you are currently heavily involved with, as I understand, the American Society of Safety Professionals. Now, this is an organization that I have never heard of. So for other people just like me who have not heard of this organization, what is the American Society of Safety Professionals and what is your current relationship with it? So I am currently the South Texas Chapter President of the American Society of Safety Professionals. We were formerly known as the American Society of Safety Engineers. They changed the name last year. What we are are a group of safety professionals who advocate, support, and try to ensure that all of our projects are safe, whether they be manufacturing, oil and gas. The insurance industry is heavily involved with us and a good networking event that we come together and try to make changes for the industries. How did you first hear about the ASSP? And from there, why did you become a member? I was asked to a meeting by a safety professional that was on, I'm in construction. So we have a lot of different divisions. There's multiple industrial hygiene, everything else, multiple divisions. So I was invited by a safety professional on a project and went to a meeting. And I was just in awe because I had never found a support group where you could reach out on the phone and ask questions. So if we needed to change something, standards change weekly, pretty much. They are always constantly updating the ANSI standards, the recommendations for most of the safety professionals in the industrial hygiene fields, and they are constantly changing. So having people from different backgrounds and different vocations is just priceless being able to call an insurance person with a question or have an insurance person call us because, hey, I got a client doing this. What would you do? And building those relationships, it just makes everyone safer because we we all wake up in the morning and nobody wants to go to work and say, I want to die today. So we try to keep our people as safe as we possibly can. And having that networking is exactly what made me decide to become a member and become involved. That is really, really cool that you got involved that way. And it sounds like the value of this organization is based a lot on not just the connections, but the information that is provided. So if you were to tell somebody, what other benefits would you want others to know that this organization has for them? We not only advocate with the governments to change some of the, or to keep updated with equipment and changes to make our industry safer. But we also provide a lot of continuing education. We have scholarships that we offer. We have training online that you can get for certifications. We work a lot with BCSP, which is a Board of Certified Safety Professionals, which is a professional certification group that is worldwide acknowledged. And we 
advocate for better education, better training, better everything from regulations right on down. So we actually make an impact on the new regulations that are coming out. And so that is very important to me because we need people that are in the fields that know what's going on and how we need to change things, not someone sitting at a desk that has no clue. So we are really, really big advocates for setting the goals and and continuing education and building each other up and building our resources. Working with government personnel, I think that's really interesting as well. And kind of comforting to know that it's not just politicians without, you know, they're seeking insight from those that are heavily involved. So very awesome that you're able to do that. So being the chapter president, how did you want to get into that role or how did you fulfill other responsibilities first? That's a, you know, obviously a big task. How did you get involved with that? In our chapter, we have a a rule that we never turn down a volunteer or anyone that wants to get involved. We find a place for you. We have currently have 16 members on our committee leadership, on our leadership roles right now. We start people out. I started out as a membership chair, which meant that I reached out to new members. I reached out trying to obtain new members, but I wanted to make them feel welcome when they came in. I went to secretary, and then I advanced up to vice president last year. And then this year, I am president. Next year, I will be a delegate, which means I go to the national conferences and the leadership conferences and help do support. And that's where I'll get more involved in the advocacy than I am at at my chapter level. And so we have a succession program. So if you come in, we want you to build these leadership skills and go out and help other people and help our industry overall. So you can come in as a fresh safety person or industrial hygienist or an insurance person and come in and if you say, I want to get involved, we're going to find a place for you. So you can get involved in that succession plan. So we actually, like next year, our vice president will be our president. We'll bump our secretary up the treasurer. And we just just move through those roles so you get a taste of all the roles. And if you find one you really like and you want to be there for a while, you can, because we do elect our officials once a year. We want to build these leaderships. And it gets gets people better. It helps some of the presentation skills. It helps them talking with upper management. Being in the leadership roles, it just helps develop the individuals. That's really a, a great concept and a great model as far as not only do they have all of these benefits of being a part of the association, but they also get to learn these leadership skills. That's a, what a great concept. Yeah, we don't we don't want anyone going in and, and staying there for 40 years <laughs> like Congress. <laughs> you can, we believe in everyone needs a chance and everybody, everybody has a voice. Yeah. And like you said, getting to hone their presentation skills, that it's only going to make them a better professional as well. And you talked a little bit as far as what makes your leadership team in your organization, but what makes a good chapter? What do you think? You've, you've seen all the different roles. How could other ASSP chapters look at the one that you are involved with and say, oh, this is a, this is a great running chapter? We call ourselves the premier chapter in our region. Our region is Arkansas, Texas, and Oklahoma. And so we have goals within the chapters. You can obtain like a bronze level, gold level, platinum. We were gold last year. We've been platinum the year before. We're shooting for platinum this year. I think that by never turning anyone down that wants to volunteer and by having an open forum at every meeting and mixing it up, we don't just have a chapter meeting once a month. 
and it's at the same place and the same coffee shop and the same. We actually hold ours at a at a Southwest Research Institute cafeteria, which is awesome. But we also hold several of our meetings offsite. We've been to Toyota. We've been to TxDOT. We're going to a steel mill here in October. We have some night meetings because not everybody can make a meeting on Monday in the middle of the day. And so we can mix it up. And we even have joint meetings with other chapters, which allows us to get together. We typically do it with Austin because they're fairly close. But it allows everybody to get together and network. And then we'll bring an outside speaker in for that. So it just elevates everyone. And it's being involved. That's what makes you a great chapter. You got to be involved. You got to be focused and throw out your ideas. No idea is a dumb idea. We've tried everything. And is this something that you guys are looking at at where individuals are members or are companies able to become sponsored members for their employees? And how is that interaction? Most of our companies, most of our members, their companies back them up. I know my company pays my dues and they want me to be a member. They're just like, go, go to the meetings, go whatever you need to do, go to the conferences. You know, you're representing us. So they're super, super supportive. Trying to work with some of the other companies and some of the folks, the bigger corporations like the government entities, the CPS, Energy, we've got the water district, you've got some other places, some other people, they will actually send people. Our, we're in San Antonio, so we have Lackland Air Force Base. We have a big showing from our Air Force guys because they want their people to be involved. Because at some point, those guys are going to come out of the military and they're going to help, but they also help advocate for all the projects and all the work that they do on the military. We actually have the safety training center here for their safety professionals in San Antonio. So they have a big showing. But some of the other companies may not be as involved, and we try to help those workers. We have, you know, form letters that you can send to your to your employer and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what's happening. We've told them to invite their boss to a meeting, see what they can get out of it, see the networking benefits, see the conference benefits they can get out of it. I've actually gotten, I've been at this company almost two years, the one I'm working for now, and I have gotten... All of our other divisions, we have seven divisions, and I've gotten a lot of the other divisions have started going to their meetings and started going to the conferences and, and everything else and becoming really involved. That is such a good idea to you know find out if this is something that your company will allow you and encourage you to be a part of. Because as I said, I've never heard of this, but it's one of those things that I love about doing this meeting of the podcast is we get to spread this word and get this knowledge out there. Whether you've been with us since episode one or this is your first time listening, I want you to know some of the basics as to what Fit for Work is here to do. Fit for Work is here to help guide you to improve your company employees' health, your company's ergonomics, your pre-employment testing, and improve safety compliance. Please visit our website at wellworkforce.com and click on the connect with us button kind of the laundry list of the basics. So what is the membership requirements and fees and what's that expectation? So the initial base fee is $170 a year. That gets you the SSP publications quarterly, the magazines, and you can get it online or in public. Or It also allows you to do a lot of the educational opportunities that are on site. It gives you discounts for the conferences. 
We have a national conference every year. We had it here in San Antonio last year. We had over 6,000 safety professionals from all over the world here. I talked to some people from New Zealand and Australia, and it, that was really cool, and India. And they came, and then this year's was in New Orleans, so that was a treat to go over there. And they had almost 8,000 safety professionals. So they're out there, and, and they're willing to come but you get that as part of your benefits. If you are a safety professional and you do this full-time, you can upgrade to a professional status. You can be a student member. Student members are actually only $15. So if you're a student, you can you can literally get $15 for a membership. And we actually have student leadership conferences within our region, and we help with that. So, you know, ASSP was founded in 1911, and we're the longest-running safety society. And when I first heard about them years ago, I saw them, and I said, well, that's safety engineers. I'm not an engineer. And so I didn't think I was qualified for it. So they realized that was an issue, and that's why they made some of the name change and stuff, too. You know, they have access to through our chapter alone. We do two $500 scholarships for education. So if you're going for certification— or you're taking a continuing education class, you can apply for a scholarship. But overall, they give about two hundred seventy-five dollars to $300,000 a year in scholarships to students. And that's huge. So we're really trying to build our safety base. And that's across the entire United States? Not just, you said your chapter gives out two $500 scholarships, correct? Yes. But nationally, we give 275,000 ASSP foundership scholarships for your student membership. You get free webinars, you get discounted fees for conferences, and you get a free year of membership the first year after you graduate. So it's a, it's a huge benefit if you're a student. That sounds amazing. And not only all of these benefits, but also the leadership influences that you already talked about and honing those skills and everything too. That is really great. And it sounds like you guys are, are building from the bottom up, even though the association has been around for over 100 years. So that is pretty great. What would you say is the time commitment for a, just a new member to be involved? So, yeah, it's once a month for the meetings. And it's whatever time that you would want to go to the ASSP site and peruse and do some of the articles that are there or read some of the resources that are there. If you get involved Secretary-wise, it was about two to three hours a month. As president, it's about 20. So everything else kind of falls in between there. And that's not really a huge time commitment if you think about it. And we've kind of spread stuff out a little bit between vice president and president this year. So it's actually going to be a little bit less. But we do a lot of social media broadcasting. We probably do more than a lot of our other chapters in our region because we're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook and everything else. And so we try to keep everybody in the industry updated, members or not members, it doesn't matter. Just try to keep them updated. But the time constraint is pretty minimum considering what you get out of it. I'm assuming there's other safety organizations, but what has made this one stand out? So you said that one is that it's long running history. What are some other things that you would say makes the AASSP unique from other organizations that might be out there? The support we get from society, they are absolutely phenomenal when it comes to the web page supports, when it comes to, hey, you know, we want to buy box lunches. How can we get them to pay online? And they figure it out. They've already got it figured out and they help us out with the advocacy and the, the research and everything else that, that we have people that are involved in 
they really support us because they support us. We can support them. And it's really made, making everyone more and more successful as we go along. The name change alone just made a phenomenal difference because a lot of people were like me initially thinking they couldn't join because they weren't engineers. And we're like, no, we're professionals and that's what we're doing. And I think the way that they deal with social media and the way they get their name out and they get the information out that we need. And you can go get continuing education credits for certifications. You can go get, you know, if you want to join a chapter or go to a conference or we have PDC's personal development conferences, which we have one in here in San Antonio in, in two weeks. It's a three-day personal development conference for our region, but anybody can come from anywhere and we'll have them come from all over, but it's a smaller version of the national and we'll have about probably 800 to 1,000 people there as opposed to five or 6,000. But they just, they support us so well. And so on the national stage, so it sounds like this is, like they're also part of an international safety group as well. And when did that come into play, it being, you know, at the chapter level, but having this communication between it being international? The chapters became developed as part of the support group of the mothership, as we call it which is what we call society, they started going out and they decided, there's a group of people that decided that, hey, we need to advance our profession and we need to get everyone on the same page. And so that's what kind of started it all those years ago. And so now, you know, they are building everyone up, like I said, by the academic, you know, we've set the standards for the training, for the requirements, for certifications, for government affairs, our risk assessments, total worker health, and they're committed to advancing the profession through, you know, evidence-based approaches and, and risk assessment and prevention through design. So that's what's drawn so many people from so many industries in, because like I said, everyone needs to have a voice and we need to be able to make those changes. Some of OSHA standards have not been updated since 1972. And they are in the process of slowly trying to grind out and update some of their standards. And they've come out with several Crane standard was in 2010. We came out the silica standard a couple of years ago in 2016, but there's a lot more that needs to happen. So we push that and we work with ANSI and we set the standards and we work with OSHA trying to get them updated so that everybody goes home safe at the end of the day. That's amazing that some of those haven't been updated for 40 some years. And yet, if you take a look at the, the technology and the advancement that we've made in machinery and everything too. So good on you guys for working with them and keeping everybody safe because that's that's what we're in the business for too, is making sure everybody gets home at night and is able to do what they want to do too. So, Yeah. And I used to do, uh, I'm a retired paramedic. So I used to do on-site medical and then I got into safety. I actually did on-site medical for Amazon and then became a safety manager for Amazon and went, got my degree and everything for it and kind of started that career, second career. So I've done the case management. I've done the risk assessments and I've, I've seen the workers. I've made the notifications, you know, and I, I've had someone drop dead on a project. So, you know, you don't ever want to have that happen again. So I tell my guys that, you know, I've done the cleanup. So now I'm here to do the prevention instead of cleanup. Because I'm over that. I'm here to make sure we never have to do that again. Good for you, definitely. And that's something that nobody ever wants to have happen. And that proactiveness is really the only way. It sounds like a very broad base. And that's what I, I appreciate is that it's not like, oh, this is only for those who are medics or this is only an organization only for those who are just you know, a safety manager. So it, 
I mean, what are some of the different backgrounds? Do you have people that are, say, athletic trainers, nurses, physicians? What, what type of, how wide of membership professionals do you guys have? We have a lot of a lot of people that were EMTs and paramedics that have gone into safety. I've known a few nurses that did the on-site medical safety that have flipped over to the safety as well. And they wind up being risk managers most of the time for companies. As you know, you know, we have to mitigate the case and do a lot of good case management so that we reduce our incidents and we cut down on that big full circle. You know, we pay our insurance and then we have a lot of incidents and our insurance goes up. We get high ratings. If we get high EMRs, then we do not get work. So it's a, it's a juggling act to make sure, number one, everybody goes home safe. And number two, if they are hurt, to make sure that they are taken completely care of at the same time we're not damaging the company's rating as much by doing case management and taking care of that. Our range of people go from entry-level safety professionals at their companies, whether it be manufacturing, oil and gas, we have a lot of oil and gas in Texas, to industrial, to warehousing distribution, construction is a huge piece of it. But we also have a lot of insurance groups that are involved because they know that we are trying to make changes and help build the new standards. And so they're involved. We have a lot of risk managers that are members of us and a lot of industrial hygienists and a lot of safety engineers that are actually engineers that actually design the machines and design the equipment. And they could come in and we, we love it when we get those guys to do technical talks with us because they can say, hey, this is what we're working on. And so we kind of get an insight into the new stuff that's coming down the pipe. And so we have such a broad range of people. It's really and again, like I said, we have the Air Force guys, too. So we have civil guys. We have everybody in here. So it's a huge hodgepodge, which I think is what makes it successful, is because there's not one, like you said, not one, oh, this is just for EMTs or medics or just for nurses or just for that. This is for anyone who has an interest in making sure people go home safe and they want to have a say in the standards and be informed. Well, you've sold a couple athletic trainers on, on membership. So can you just recap for Curtis and I and also our listeners on, on how someone actually does become a member? What are the steps? Where can they look? What do they need to find out? So they need to go to the ASSP.org. And on that website, they will see the whole headline. It talks about membership. You can shop. You can donate. It talks about your education, the standards of publications, advocacy, news resources, students, I recommend that you go to the site and you just read and check out and see what you're interested in. And like I said, with the memberships, you can update to professional. We have a women, we call it WISE. It's Women Industrial and Environmental Safety. It's for the women's group, but we allow men too. So we call them the chicks on the chicklet. But I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> but anyway, but no, we actually allow the men in our group too. It's not just simply women, but it is a women's group because there's a lot of women in safety and in risk management that they're interested and they want to get involved, but yet they want to talk to other women and deal with that maybe a little bit more. But so we have a lot of subgroups like that. We have the Black Association. Uh, I can't think of the name top of my head. I'm sorry. But we have so many different organizations underneath the ASSP umbrella plus the chapters. So you can be in a subchapter. And when you have a conference or they'll have their own quarterly calls or they have a conference and they'll have networking events so everybody can get together and talk about it. Or they'll pull it together and say, hey, we're working on this. What do you think? But it gives you the networking opportunities. But go to the website, check it out, shop, 
see what you want to do. If you're a student, if you need resources, if you want to reach out to me, that's fine and everything else. But go check it out. There's a lot of info there that's available. You just got to look for it. Well, that is so great. We appreciate your insights. And like I said, to know that there's an organization that is kind of in summary, that it's there for everybody that cares about safety. It offers you from scholarships to professional development. And the time commitment is pretty minimal. The dues are there, but oftentimes can be paid by your employer. And really, it just takes that effort of looking it up and asking a few simple questions to get a better insight. So, Teresa, thank you so much. And we appreciate your time. Thank you. Have a good day. That was a great interview, and I am very grateful to Teresa and for her insights on what the ASSP is. And I just think it's so amazing that they work with government officials and OSHA. And you just think that there's this organization that they make all these decisions on their own, but they are working with safety professionals to try to make these rules current, applicable, and not just, you know, willy-nilly, but actually have some foundation in what is going on in the workplace. I found it pretty awesome that being a member allows you to collaborate with like-minded people from not only your individual chapter, but all over the world. And these people have the same goals and mindset as you do as far as getting people home safely at the end of the work shift. Which is something that I've learned in all my travels. I've always noticed that regardless of where somebody lives, that's really what they want. Every individual who's working, they don't go to work in hopes to sacrifice their body for their work. They're going to work to get home from work and enjoy life. And really grateful to all that the ASSP is doing and really encourage everybody to go to their website, ASSP.org. And I just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe. And to get started preventing injuries, visit our website at wellworkforce.com or feel free to email us with any questions or comments to podcast at wellworkforce.com. And as Teresa said, prevention saves lives and prevention improves lives.